Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Have you ever saw something that you thought was improbable at best or impossible more likely? I am getting to an age where I realize that I've seen a lot of different things happen in my soon-to-be, how old will I be, 53 years on the planet. Like, you walk around today with no physical money, and you can buy what, almost whatever you want. Well, according to what your digital money says you can. I think about, I used to, on the back of the comic books that my friend had, I didn't have them, Archie comic books, on the back they would show things, and there was this little thing of a Dick Tracy watch. And it was so outlandish. It had this idea that he could get messages on this watch, that he could watch things on the watch. It had this outlandish thing that was like, that is so strange. It will never happen. But it's a fun idea. Think of my grandparents who were born... And I knew them very, very well, but were born in a time when had just transitioned from buggies into cars. And then it was airplanes. And then people went to the moon, and now people have been circling around and are right now circling around in the International Space Station. You can pull music and movies and words right out of thin air into your hands. And there it is. 50 years ago, we'd be like, in the name of Jesus, back off. (laughs) I don't know what's happening there, but that's wickedness and sorcery. Another one that you never thought would happen. Putting water in bottles and selling it in Canada. $2, please. What? How much did you pay for that? Three cents. Improbable. Are the taps broken? No. Or how about this one? No one ever dreamed of a day that you would take pictures of your food and go around and show all your friends. First of all, it would be two weeks before we even saw the pictures and you couldn't remember anymore. And we certainly wouldn't waste all that time and money on pictures of our food. Be real. Some of you caught that. Situations that seemed improbable or impossible have become reality. But in so many areas of our life, we don't believe that what seems improbable or impossible could become reality. I know I've faced some impossible situations through my life. I can remember when we were in a far from home in a little dot of a nation in the middle of the Pacific couple of days, three days before we were to go, someone broke into our house while we were asleep and stole all our stuff. But most of all, the most important thing, because you can replace computers and, and money and cards and all that kind of stuff, the most important thing was they stole our passports. And we were in a dot of an island, Tonga, in the middle of the ocean, and it seemed impossible for us to be able to get to go. Or you've lost a job... I've had that happen a couple of times, and you're trying again and again to find one, and you can't. 
or relationships that seem impossible to repair. Impossible, improbable, immovable. All of us have gone through things or might be in the middle of things or have just come through something or are looking at something right now that seems impossible, improbable, immovable. Despite our best efforts, some of us are stuck in a sickening malaise of blah. Don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. Don't know how to process our life right now. Maybe stuck in confusion. Other times it's financial issues or family issues or relational struggles or mental health issues that seem to go on and on or work issues or school struggles. Impossible, improbable, immovable. And then we look at the bigger issues of our day. I would never have dreamed of a day that we would simply say, I am now this person or this gender, and we would all say, good. I would never have dreamed of a day of some of the things that are passed off as normal and forced as normal that we see today. The bigger issues of homelessness and overdose, hundreds have died, and, and now our answer is not a very good answer in, 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 in the province of British Columbia, and we're seeing struggles around that. Hunger and human trafficking and the big issues, struggling to move forward, to change, to see things. And if you look at so many things in our nation, they're not heading in the right direction. Impossible, improbable, immovable to change, seemingly. John 10 and 10 re reminds us that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In other words, there's an enemy of your soul who wants to do nothing to help you or to bless you. Everything that he does, even seemingly to help you, is only to hurt you, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Hey, just try this. It will comfort you. It will entrap you. That's all that he does. His native language is lies. And the reality of the spiritual realm, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you believe it or not, is immaterial. It is real. And we can see its evidence in so many places. Destroying, destruction, murder, killing. And then we see that Jesus says, but I have come that they may have that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Somebody say more. More abundantly. In other words, you come in to know Jesus and you experience and pass from death to life, but that's just the beginning of the story. That God wants to do something in you that is more than is evident by your background, your ability, your, your strength, your money, whatever it would be. But that when Jesus comes into the picture, there is more for you, more purpose, purpose, not a porpoise. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> more purpose for your life and in your life, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Not because you've got it all together, but because he's got it all together. You are not enough. There's this great lie in our culture is you are enough. I am sorry to tell you today that you are not enough. You don't have enough. You are not strong enough. Only Jesus is enough. Only Jesus can be enough. Only Jesus is the one who is enough. And Jesus wants you to know and understand that he has come 
to do something, come to walk you through dark valleys into still valleys and walk you into your purpose that through him you could live and become what he's called you to be. There's another sentence, this uh, reflected in another verse in, in Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. Now to him who is able, someone say able, to do immeasurably more, he's able to do what? More than all we ask or imagine according to what? His power that is at work within us. In other words, it's not try harder, be better, do it, read another self-help book, do 19 steps to change your life, but there's a power that is available to us, the God who is able to do more than you can think, imagine, believe for your life right now. And it got me to thinking, what am I thinking about for my life? What am I believing God for? And as we look at 2024, as we look at going into a couple of weeks of prayer and fasting, where is our vision taking us? Do we still have it? Has it been put on a shelf? Is it dusty and forgotten? Are we just surviving? But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above or more than we can think or imagine. Oh, my goodness. More, more power, more grace, more love, more healings, more miracles, more salvations, more people being restored, more marriages coming together, more transformation of character, more addiction being broken, more alcoholism being broken, more families coming together, more, 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 more. Not just more, I need a bigger car and I'm gonna have a, a, a Cadillac and I'm gonna get more money in my bank account. Let God take care of all that. That might be part of the story. But it's not, it's not the only story, but that a, more than we can think or imagine. In other words, my greatest dream, God says there is still more. But do not ever re, forget that at the beginning, he said there's a thief that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And there will be a process and a battle to receive. Wow, so encouraging. But sometimes it just seems impossible. Maybe, Craig, this is for another time. In another point in history, the Bible really seemed to work in 33 AD and maybe 1500 AD, but, but 2023, I mean, come on. Maybe it's for somebody else who has a better pedigree than you. And you hear the pain speak and you hear your background taunt you, but it's impossible, not for you. And you might hear the enemy say, you will live your life in the shadows of your destiny. You will live on the margins of your purpose, eating the proverbial scraps that life and hell leave for you. But I'm here to say to you, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That the one who said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly is still alive and present and moving and seeking to move on your behalf, in your life, through your life, for your life. And the enemy cannot have the final word. You see, it's not a new thing for followers of Jesus to face impossibilities. Jesus had 12 followers. You might have, they're called the 12 apostles or the 12 disciples. They were people just like you and me. They had all kinds of stuff. They were arguing about who was the greatest, putting each other down. They, they, they were, I'm greater than you, all kinds of stuff. 
ragtag group. They weren't all the professionals. They didn't have it all together. Some of them were young. Some of them were old. Some of them were blue collar. Some of them were a tax collector hated by everybody. One was a thief stealing from the offering plate. Like these were not the, the crowd that would seem like they're going to change the world. Prone to outbursts of anger, a lot like you and me. But they were trying, and they had walked with Jesus, and this is a beautiful thing, that there's hope for all of us because we see what Jesus did in their life. We see, read later, that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. In other words, the power and presence of Jesus can change you, take you places that you never dreamed would be possible for you. But they had seen miracles happen through their life. They had seen people healed. They had seen uh, the demoniacs uh, rescued. They had seen salvation. They had seen so many things. Water turned into wine. I wasn't hoping for that just now. I was just... <laughs> the things that pop into my head, I don't know where. But we come to a story in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, if you want to turn there where we see a different story. They, despite their best efforts, down in verse 14, they had faced and come against an impossible, improbable, immovable situation. And nothing was changing. And we grab it at verse 14 of Matthew 17. I encourage you to continue to bring your Bible with you. We do have it on the screen, but it's great to have this in front of you. <clears throat> when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on me, on my son, I should say. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. Someone say suffering. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? Not much longer, actually. But how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and said, and asked, I like how they did that. They came in private. They didn't want to ask that question in front of everybody. Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, there's a verse coming up, depending on your version, that might be in the footnote, but it um, some people feel it was brought over from Mark chapter 9, but here it is. It's in the same story in Mark 9. But this kind, someone say this kind, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind, this issue, this thing, this difficulty, this, abil this disability that I'm facing will not change except by prayer and fasting. Now Jesus had been away for a few days on some Jesus business. You can read if you want to find out what it was. But, and three of the disciples, and they were coming back, and they came to this scene that Matthew tells us about. These disciples had seen incredible things. They had seen miracles. They'd seen God move in powerful ways. But this was different. This boy was still suffering. I was talking with someone at the door last week, and we were talking about people who are in incredible places of suffering and challenge, difficulty, pain, things that seem unfair, this boy was still suffering. We don't know how long. And the situation had not shifted. Someone was struggling with an incredible and impossible situation, suffering greatly. Ever had those moments? 
Maybe not physically, but times and seasons and spaces. Suffering greatly. Trying hard, working hard. Doing what you know to do, praying. Going to church. Trying to do what's right. Even read your Bible once in a while. And nothing. Nothing changed. Impossible. Improbable. Immovable. And Jesus sees that situation and says to them, bring him to me. It's a good reminder that every situation needs to come to Jesus. Jesus rebukes the demon, casts out the spirit that was harassing them, and the lad is healed. What wouldn't change, what seemingly couldn't change, changed. Jesus says what was impossible suddenly becomes possible. What if you were the disciples? Seen great things before. Most of us come to this moment in our life. What happened? What is going on? What did I do? Why couldn't it shift? It's a question we don't ask of Jesus enough. Why am I stuck? Why haven't, why hasn't this changed? Why haven't I overcome? Why is this still happening? And when Jesus told them that their faith was little, he wasn't talking about an amount. He was talking about quantity. The word means it was there, but it was weak and needs strengthening. It's like when I started out this past year to do a half marathon, I had muscles, but they were weak and needed strengthening. And I had to go through a process. I didn't just lay hands on my legs and say, you will be strong so I don't have to do the tough stuff of running every morning. But there was potential there that I needed to first, though, strengthen the little that I had. That's more what is talked about here. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's faith in you. You have a faith to believe for certain things. But there are times when we come against this kind of a thing that we need another level of faith, another depth of faith, another strength in our faith. <clears throat> I know someone who said, Carol Cartwright used to say this to us, for every new level, there is a new devil. So you got to level up great. What got you here won't get you there. What got you up to this moment won't get you to that one. There needs to be a strengthening of your faith. There's so much potential available. Jesus uses the picture of a mustard seed. If you just have that much, I don't have one here, but if I did, it's, it's tiny, like really, really tiny, like hard to even see if I had one in here in my hand. I could hold probably 100 in just a little cup in my hand. And Jesus is not then saying, you've got to have it all figured out. You just need a little bit of faith. And then let's go from there. There are some things that a resolution won't shift. There are some things that trying harder is not good enough because you would have already changed. There are some things that doing what you've always done is no longer going to be enough. There's some things that you've never faced before. There are things that seem immovable, unchangeable, impossible, and Jesus likens them to mountains. 
Jesus is talking about moving mountains, not just little things. There are some things that we, we don't even realize that Jesus is doing for us, keeping us safe, providing for us, loving on us, doing so many things that we just kind of live in the overflow. But there are times when you come up against something that is bigger than you have ever experienced before. You don't have the experience, the ability to move through what you know is not applicable fully right here. You're not strong enough for what you're facing. And the answer is not to withdraw and say, this is as far as I ever go, because we serve the Jesus who said, there is, I'm able to do more for you and through you. Mountain of what is my purpose. Some of us are facing mountains of confusion, mountains of addiction that mock from their high place, mountains of apathy and an absent passion that has gripped us for far too long, mountains of debt, debt that have crippled and aren't seeming to lessen, mountains of broken hearts that have, you've stuck in a place where you were hurt and that badly and deeply wounded through no fault of your own, but you realize today that you're stuck there. Mountains of disappointment that have led to, dis to disillusionment and hopelessness. Mountains of anxiety that cause you to withdraw and just live at a low, low level. But the message of the New Testament is that the power of Jesus <coughs> changes lives, transforms points of view, and makes people new creatures. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I have passed from death to life. I have passed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. More than you can ask, more than you can think, more than you can imagine. And I want to call us a little higher to believe that we're not going to just settle for an enemy who steals, kills, and destroys, but we're going to say, God, I want all that you have for me in 2024 and beyond. I want to become who you've called me to become. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be who you've called me to be. I don't want to settle for a low level of living, a low level of thinking, a low level that does nothing, sees nothing, believes nothing. But through Jesus... You can move the impossible. Through Jesus, you can break through the improbable. Through Jesus, a nation can be changed. Through Jesus, through Jesus, you can overcome the opposition in your life. Through Jesus, you can overcome the pain of your past. Through Jesus, you can go beyond. Through Jesus, you can overcome who your family line says you should be. The mountain is big, but we serve a mountain mover. More believe for more. And Jesus confirms that there is nothing that God has called you to do that you cannot do with some mustard seed faith. If you have just a little faith, you can move big mountains. Just a little faith. Nothing will be impossible for you. But if faith is so important, if it's like kryptonite to Superman, how do, we, how do we get it? If it's like light to cockroaches that causes them to scatter, how do we get it? Matthew 17 and 21, the Passion Translation, says it this way, but this powerful kind of spirit is cast out only through prayer and fasting. 
because fasting is an ancient practice of the church. It's been a practice of the people of God for generation upon generation upon generation. When they faced a time, when Jehoshaphat faced an army of kings around, he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He called a time of fasting and prayer. Solomon said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I missed something, but it's okay, then I will come from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. Fasting and prayer has been a practice of the church and the people of God when we face impossible times, when we face difficult situations, when we come to spots that we can't move things, change things. When the darkness is closing in around, when I can't figure out the next move I'm supposed to make, when I can't provide for my needs, when inflation seems to have overwhelmed everything, I come, the practice of the word of God, the call of Jesus is to pray and to fast. What got us here will not get us there. There is more for us. We set aside giving up something natural, most often food, to invest in something spiritual. And I can imagine some of you might be thinking right now, Craig, fasting, fasting and prayer. That's interesting, but are you nuts? Are you in 1500 AD? We have science and medicine and logic today. How's that working out for our culture right now? I'm happy to have science and medicine and logic, but apart from the spirit of God, we got nothing. And we are grateful for these things, but we don't have to live very long to know that they don't cut it. Science cannot speak to our purpose. In fact, the science of our day says there is no purpose. So Jesus says, fasting and prayer is crucial to strengthen you, crucial to develop the faith that you need to face the mountains that are in front of us as individuals, as families, and as a church. And here's what we're not saying, though. As someone said, <coughs> excuse me, been anybody else been battling a little bit of this cold this week? What we're not saying is that Every issue has to only be prayed about. Certainly pray first. It's not the only thing to do, but we are incredibly complex beings created by God with body, soul, and spirit, and we must pay attention to our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. We are holistic so that we can walk in shalom or the peace of God in every area of our life. Secondly, we're not going to start blaming people for not having enough faith and beat people up with that answer. Because sometimes a mountain not moving has nothing to do with faith or lack thereof. I want to touch on this for a moment. Sometimes what it, a mountain isn't moving because God has a different plan than you think. Sometimes a mountain's not moving because God's timing is different than what you wish. Sometimes the mountain is not the enemy, it's the inner bitter me. Sometimes the mountain is not the anxiety that you see as, this, as, the, symptom, as the real thing, which is only a symptom of a trauma that needs to be healed. Sometimes the mountain is not your spouse, but it's the unforgiveness you hold towards them. Sometimes the mountain is not your boss, it's your attitude. I said that, yep. It's not the only thing. There might be other reasons, but what I am saying is that very often in our culture today, too often we neglect the spiritual power that is available to us.
which Jesus says is crucial, crucial to seeing the impossible, the improbable, and the unmovable shift and change. The force of hell is against you to steal, kill, and destroy. But if we have just a little faith, we can move big mountains. Prayer and fasting strengthens our faith through strengthening our connection with Jesus because what it does is we draw near to God in a, in a real way. And James said this, if you draw near to me, the Lord said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And when we draw near to him, he can begin to move in us and through us. Worship team, you can begin to make your way. But prayer is submitting to his, prayer and fasting is submitting to his will, his pace, his timing. God, we need you more than this meal. We need you more than the entertainment this week. We need you more than we need TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or Be Real. We need more. Because fasting is, a, is an opportunity to give up simple human effort and deliberately turn to God. Deliberately, intentionally turn to God. I have the intention of often of going on, taking my wife on a date. I'm not always, okay, I'm never deliberate about it. So it rarely happens. I want to encourage you to be, in, to enter into fasting and prayer this week and deliberately turn to the Lord. Fasting accesses spiritual power to change. Fasting is believing for deliverance, breaking of bondages, moving beyond. In fasting and prayer, God begins to do things that we have never seen before. It moves us to another level. It sensitizes us to the bruising, almost impossible needs of others in our home and around our neighborhood and around the world. Isaiah 58 talks about the power of fasting and prayer. When Jesus was saying fasting and prayer, he was hearkening back to the history of the people of God. Isaiah 58 talks about 22 different promises attached to fasting and prayer. I'm not going to go through all of them right now. But you could, Isaiah 58. But I want to talk about three real quick, and then we're going to go move into communion. Some promises attached to fasting out of Isaiah 58. It brings freedom from bondage and oppression. He said, I will loose the chains of injustice, freeing us from the bondage of what others think about us, freeing us from the perceived alienation with him that has kept us immobilized, disobedient, and fearful, freeing us from the injustice done to us that still hold us. So God promises us to break every yoke of oppression that crushes us. Some, some studies have shown that most of us feel impressed, oppressed in one area or another. We become bullseye for fear, anxiety, and hostility. But our approach is often not correct. Think of it this way. We are all too much like the deacon who week after week would pray fervently, Oh Lord, in your mercy, I beg you to clean the spider webs out of my life. He would pray that week after week. A fellow deacon, after hearing his prayer for many months in desperation, finally prayed a fervent prayer of his own. Oh, Lord, in your mercy, kill the spider. Symptom, or root, web, or spider. 
breaking bondages. Brings freedom from oppression. Fasting and prayer brings healing for the whole person. We need God to heal us from our defensiveness, from our brokenness, from our ungodly action. To heal us from believing that we are enough by ourselves. From healing us in our physical bodies. For healing our thinking that's limiting us. Healing our freeing us from hurt and pain. Every area of our life needs healing. God, would you heal? Finally, brings answered prayer. Verse 9 says in Isaiah 58, you will call and the Lord will answer. You will call and he will say, here I am for direction because he's the source of direction, of salvation, of change, of breakthrough, of wisdom, of everything that we need. See, the answer was, here I am. Not here you are, here I am. You come to me, I do what I want to do, but first come to me. If you have a little bit of faith, just a little faith, you can move big mountains. First step of faith, if you don't know Jesus, because he's not the, just the God of history in your history book or that you read about or heard about, but he's the God of our reality. He's come that you might have life, life to the full. Maybe you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. You know about him? And I just want to encourage you, if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and the leader of your life and gotten right with God, you can begin that journey by simply surrendering your life to Jesus. Saying, God, I repent of my sins. I need you. I want you to come in and lead my life. Not just to be a theory, but to, to walk in the reality of knowing you. I want a new start. I need to stop running. I want to come home. And for everybody else, I want to ask you, maybe you have never done it before. There's booklets, and it's going to go out on our e-list, a whole booklet on fasting and prayer. To think about what you could fast so that you can pray. What you could do in the natural or cease doing in the natural so you can make space for the spiritual. If you have a little bit of faith, you can move big mountains. What would it look like to see your mountain move, to move from clarity or from confusion to clarity, from bondage to freedom, from debt to surplus, from division to reconciliation, from fear to love, from hell to heaven, from darkness to light, I want you to stand to your feet real quick. Then we're going to move into. Just bow your heads for a moment. I want to pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that your presence is real. Thank you that you're wooing us and calling us to go deeper, to follow you more intentionally see the more that you have for us be more than a pipe dream or a, a childhood thought but that the promises of God for our lives that we would have courage to follow you, to lean in to pray and to fast in these next couple of weeks whether that's fasting a meal or a few days or it's fasting social media or entertainment or whatever it is but that we would deal with some natural things so that we can engage in some spiritual things Lord, for those that would say, I would, I want to follow Jesus for the first time and surrender my life to him. 
Lord, and if that's you, I encourage you to pray something along this line. Jesus, I invite you to be the leader of my life. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge my need for you. I want to follow you wherever that leads. And if you surrender your life to Jesus, talk to someone and begin the journey with him. And Lord, for all of us, pray, Lord, that you would lift up our heads to see you. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, that we would follow your leading, follow your wooing into all that you have for us. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.